0: We're going to park the tunes for the next little while to bring you another story in this year's RTE Short Story Competition in honour of Francis McManus. Tonight and every weeknight for the next two weeks, you can hear a story from the shortlist at this time here in the programme. And you can read all the stories at rte.ie forward slash culture. So to tonight's story, which is called Windsea by Donal Minahan. It took joint second prize of €2,000 Euro and according to the judges, Lucy Caldwell, Lisa McInerney and Declan Hughes. It's a story of a young man driven to the edge whose secrets are revealed to us with heartbreaking efficiency. The author allows its wounded protagonist room to rage and mourn and justify a terrible deed, making this story as moving as it is compelling. Windsea by Donald Minahan is read for us now by Aaron Monahan.
1: I know a hobo looked scary as fuck, but he was a good dog. The best dog. twas not his fault the way he was made look. He liked a good rub around the ears and to chase a car the same as any other dog. Just that when he ran up to people, all they saw was the gammy looking white eyes and that put them in mind that something wasn't right with him. They'd be thinking rabies and zombies and all sorts of fearsome shit be running through them heads. twas not fair what happened to him. You're a stain, plain and simple. Had it in for us as soon as we landed in that cottage. Had us rang up as hippies. None of the other houses were mad about us either, I'd say, but you're worse. There's real bad in you. Got him when it was eight, did you know that? Around the time me dad went back to the road with his people. He was left tied to a pole at the halting site when all the caravans had pulled off. He was scrawny as fuck, even for a greyhound. And we both clocked him as we pulled out and we were gone a couple of k's down the road and the dog nearly got out of my mind. Just another thing that didn't need to be commented on. Just another thing that was wrong and messed up and unfair. But that I was learning quick was the way of the world. When Ma says fuck's sake under her breath and does a yui. But you don't want to know nothing about that do you? You don't want to know us at all. All you want to do is hate. Looks like I'll be moving on again when I'm done here Moving quick this time I'll have to split with the ma too probably We're done here now Raise me best she could We've lived in seven different gaffes since we got Hobo In seven different parts of the country He's called Hobo cause of the programme on telly About the dog that just keeps moving on, you know it I didn't mind the moving so much once he was with us When he bounded into each new shithole we rented, sniffing out the corners, it felt like home. You see, mister, when people asked me in school where I was from, I never knew what to say to them, because I'm not from anywhere. Hobo was more than a dog. He was the only home I ever had. He slept at the foot of my bed. Followed me to school every day and waited outside the gates until Ma took to locking him inside when I was leaving because the teachers were giving out mad. I know it's stupid, but I told him things too. Talked to him all the time about how he was feeling and shit like that because, like they say on all those ads, it's not good to hold everything inside all bottled up like. Everyone needs someone to talk to. My someone was a gammy-eyed dog and he was some listener. It was my friend what you took from me. He wasn't hunting no sheep, like you say. That's bullshit. First day you passed on the road in your Jeep, I saw you swerve for him and every time after. Where are all these dead sheep? Buried them, is it? Convenient, yeah. This here was another new start. Ma would go on like this each time we moved. She'd such high hopes for every latest place. She'd read in one of those self-help books she was fond of reading around the time that Da stopped calling that it takes a village to raise a child. She's the whole time since looking for that village and each village disappoints her. I don't know why we couldn't just try to make a go of it on our own. Suppose she thought she wasn't enough for me. But she was. Her and Hobo. At least the moving meant she'd get a new smile on her face and a kindling in her eyes each time we loaded the car and took the road out of the past into the future, even if I knew that in a year or two it would be another past we were driving away from. We tried our best with you. When you passed us on the road and didn't look at us, she worried what she had done. I said, fuck him, miserable old bastard, but she always worried about being liked. Things like that ate away her. Nothing would do but for her to land up to your doorstep with an apple tart. Made it from the apples that fell in over our wall from your orchard. The night before, she was the whole night bent over the table. Jamie Oliver on her phone showing her the way. Flour all over that phone. Flour everywhere. Took her three goes to get the pastry right. Myself and Hobo feasted on the first two flops. Spent half the next morning worrying about what to wear, didn't want to look too hippyish. Settled on jeans and a jumper and tied her hair back, even put on a bit of makeup. You didn't even look at the dish in her outstretched hands. Closed the door in her face and left her standing on the step like a tinker. I could have seen myself staying in this place. The ma too, maybe. She'd got a job as a classroom assistant in the Steiner School in the local town. Loved it, so she did. I hadn't bothered enrolling into another school. F's all the way in the junior cert, and had only another couple of years left, and no point wasting everyone's time going after a leaving cert, because everyone knew I wasn't going to do nothing with books. I've a job washing dishes in a fish restaurant in the village. The chef there is showing me other stuff too de and mussels and chucking oysters and on busy nights he put me on the fryer and I have to dip the cod fillets into the batter and fish them out and there's a one on the floor that's about my go who doesn't look at me at all when I'm in the wash-up but who I swear is giving me the eye when I'm behind the pass. Chef is saying he might put me on the starters for the summer because he sees I'm into it and want to learn. Most young lads have no interest in working or learning anymore he said full of guff too and moody little shits glued to their phones. He liked the way I tore into the pots and came running and said, yes, chef, if he roared for clean plates and just done what I was told. You think you're the lord of this place, up on this hill on your own in a big empty house. Chef told me not to mind you, that you're turning into a sad old fool. Used to be sound, he said, life and soul of the party. Had a fine American one and her son living above in the house with you until you clattered her one night after a feed of drink and she wouldn't take it. Ran off on you, he said, back to the States. Everyone preferred you when you were on the drink. Bit of crackin' you then. Great man for a song and never a better man to buy around. Here, get this whiskey into you. Swallow it, come on. No point in closing the gate after the horse is bolted. What happened to you, mister? How come you like to hit women and shoot dogs? The days are long without Hobo. Before, we used to walk and walk, up over the hill to the mast and then down by the tower and out over the rocks, out past the pier. Everyone else took the cliff path, so we walked over the rocks. Some of them limestone pavements were smooth as marble and Hobo would stick his snout into every grike going. We'd walk up to this place that's the end of the line for huge rollers that are after steaming across the ocean, tumbling in they are, thinking most likely on some reward after their long journey, but to jack up at the last minute when they saw that they were going to be smashed. I love standing there, watching them in those last seconds when they curl back those fists and bust them into the rock shelves. You look scared now. You should be. One of my teachers once told me that there's no such thing as a hard man just someone who's got nothing to lose. I lost whatever I'd left when I broke into your house. Didn't know what I was at for a start. I'd no plan. Saw you leaving the jeep and was just going to fuck the place up a little bit. Had it in mind to take a shit in your kitchen floor. Was in the kitchen when I saw the gun. Who leaves a shotgun on their kitchen table in fairness? Any young fellow who sees a gun is going to pick it up to feel the weight of it in his hands. Anger when I thought a hobo's eyes at the other end of this barrel and the clatter then at the front door going and the dark shadow of you standing in the doorway. There was nothing else for it. No option other than to swivel and point the barrel at you. you are tied to the chair now fuck's sake. There'll be no end to this. I'll be took off me ma. They'll send me away for sure. There'll be no starter section or shouting yes chef or table five away to that young one on the floor that's about my go. You're right. I don't have to do this. I'm not dumb. But if you'd ever come out walking with myself and hobo, you would have seen those waves. Everybody just sees them break and they go, whoa, but they never think of where they came from. They don't know the energy that has to go into making a disturbance like that. And when I asked Chef about how the waves are made, he told me that it's not a few hundred metres offshore. The whole thing begins way back, thousands of miles out in the wind sea. I think about that place wind sea. I'd love to see it out there, calm as nothing, until there's a brush of the wind over the water. Accidental-like. No thought in it. Like a stray touch, or a word, or even something not said when it should have been. Just a little nip, and then a ripple. But that's the start of it. There's energies that can't stop once they've been set in motion. It can't stop itself until it meets something solid in front of it and then it breaks. I'll have to gag you again now if you don't stop mouthing. You had your say when you pulled that trigger. Might as well take me time now that I'm here. There's neither of us going nowhere, so settle down. Maybe tomorrow... I'll find what I call home Until tomorrow You know I'm free to roam Let's finish this whiskey together There's a long night there yet I've no one to talk to now hobo's gone I've a lot to get off my chest Been travelling so long Need to sit and rest now Listen now we could be right all pals by morning, mister. So we could. Right all pals by morning.
0: That was Aaron Monahan reading Windsey by Donal Minahan, which took joint second prize in this year's RTE Short Story Competition in honour of Francis McManus. The producer of the series is Sarah Binchy. The broadcast coordinator is Carolyn Dempsey and on sound was Sheelanee Will. Tomorrow night, at the same time, you can hear another story from the shortlist, People Over There by Doa Baker. It'll be read by Rachel O'Byrne. And you can find out more about all the stories on the shortlist and read them all at rte.ie forward slash culture.